Hey, Kira, it's Michael. How are you? Hey, Michael, I'm good. How are you? I am super duper. So tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from originally? Well, my mom is Japanese and my dad is American. He's from Michigan, but I was born and raised in Thailand and I was there for about 18 years. Where did your mom and dad meet if your dad's from the United States and your mother's from Japan? My mom actually went to University of Michigan for her graduate school and my dad was studying there at the same time. So they met there and then moved to Thailand. That's awesome. Where in Japan is your mom from? Uh, Tokushima. Interesting. So does that mean that sometimes like over the summer and stuff like that, you'd go back and visit your mother's family? Yeah, well, we don't go as often anymore, but when we were younger, we'd probably go every summer or every year at least. Um, it was hard choosing between U.S. and Japan because we'd like to go to both. Right. You have families in both places and they're kind of on mm -hmm. opposite ends of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you find that that's something really interesting about being, as you write, half Japanese and half American? Um, definitely. I mean, coming to the U.S., I go to school in Florida, and the majority of the people here are from Florida. Right. So it can almost be like a fun fact, kind of. They're like, oh, wow, you have all these backgrounds. And it's like, I felt normal back in like Thailand because everyone was there was international. So it was kind of different coming to college and seeing that most people were from the area already. So where did you go to high school or where did you go to school when you were in Thailand? Um, I went to NIST um, on Sukhumvit. And did you go to NIST the entire time you were here? I went to BSB or Topsy Turvy um, just until year two. Um, that's like in the Soy 4 area. And then I just transitioned over to NIST in year three. So it was only one move and it was not that big, but no, and you weren't most of my either. years. Yeah. <laughs> So you're one of the rare students, though, who goes to an international school, but really goes from beginning to end, right? To a certain extent, international schools can be a little bit transient, no? Yeah, definitely. Just with like a lot of expats and people coming in and out and right. just like the development over the years, it can be very different. Do you think that was a good preparation for you for going to college? In other words, kids cycling in, kids cycling out, but you being there and having this sort of stable life in Thailand? Did that prepare you better for then just being able to get up and move and adapt to a new life in Florida? Um, definitely. I think it was a much easier transition, even though I don't always feel at home here in Florida because there aren't as many international students. The adjustment was easier because I didn't feel like the change was too big or too much that I couldn't handle. Do you still find yourself talking to your family back in Thailand often, or is it just so hard to do because the time zones are different and maybe the technology is not perfect? Like, what's that like? I don't know if I'm just maybe the odd one out, but I pretty much talk to them every day because um, I work at night times for a social media company. So when I'm working, I can Skype them while they're on their way to work. So it kind of works out in our favor. Got it. Wait, so you work for a social media company based in Florida? Actually, no. Um, well, I work for um, a food company called Good Food Made Simple. They're based out of Boston. Um, I interned with them over the summer, and I was their social media marketing intern. And I still continued working with them throughout the fall semester. And are you a sophomore? You're a freshman? When, when did you start? Well, I would say I'm a second-year junior, so just with my credits, I'm a junior, but I'm still a second-year student. 
And are you, I'll get, I want to get back to the social media in a second, because that's obviously mm-hmm. very interesting to me, but are you trying to graduate quickly? Um, kind of. Um, my plan was to... What's the rush? Um, I just, <laughs> I get asked that a lot. And I think it's, I just really want to go out into the working field, like with the experiences I've had over the summer and that have just come with Spoonful Delight, which we'll touch on later. I'm just excited for what's out there. And I know I shouldn't want to like wish my college years away because everyone says it's like the best four years of your life. But I don't know if like, that's maybe not the case for me. So you said that, you know, you maybe you shouldn't wish away your college life because everybody and I'm going to put that in quotes, right? says it's the best four years of your life. Mm-hmm. But does that necessarily really have to be the case? And who is this everybody anyway? Yeah, I honestly just think it's like the norm or that people hype it up. And because everyone like hops onto that, it becomes what everyone says is like the truth. But I've talked to a lot of people and they're very happy to be out of college. So maybe I'm one of those. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually more normal, to be fair. You don't sound like a kid who falls into just like the normal category. I like the fact that you're trying to graduate early and you're hustling to get work done and you've already like lived in Florida, but also lived and worked in Boston for the summer. Like it sounds like you're involved in a lot of really interesting things. Definitely. I just feel like there are so many opportunities almost outside of college, but I also understand that nowadays it's very important to have at least an undergrad degree. Um, Not everyone is just like drop out of college and become a billionaire. So (laughs) yeah, got to get through this. Yeah. And that's an edge condition. What are you studying at school? At the moment, my plan is to graduate with a biochemistry major. Awesome. I was planning to do business and professional writing as well, but just with the amount of work demanded by biochemistry and like my plan to graduate in three years, I didn't think it was right possible. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, if you accelerate graduation, it means you're taking extra credits every semester. But on top of that, I mean, I worked two jobs when I was on campus as well, and it's just not mm-hmm. a lot of time for sort of peripheral things. Anyway, tell me more about this social media business that you're doing. How did you become, what are you, 19 years old, 20 years old? 19 as of now. As of now. I won't even ask ask when your birthday is. But how did you end up being like the social media marketing manager for a company in Boston? It just seems really, I don't know, pretty strange for a kid who's from Thailand to end up in Mm -hmm. Boston being the social marketing manager. Like how did all that happen? Um, Well, I'm not the manager. I am the intern of the manager, but um, I guess it all stemmed from connections. So I had my um, own Instagram, Spoonful Delight, where I post a lot of mostly food related to healthy lifestyle and content. But my boss, who's currently my boss, I connected with her over the internet, um, Instagram, because she also has a very successful um, brand called Meal Prep on Fleek. And her page as well is very big. And so we were just chatting and she was giving me a lot of advice. And a few months ago, at the end of my spring semester of my first year, I was actually the social media marketing manager for Alyssa's Cookies, which is a Mark Cuban company. And um, my boss was social media marketing manager for another Mark Cuban company. So she was kind of advising me as I went. So when I saw that there was a job at her new job place I applied and I guess she kind of knew that I had some experience so I was hired for the interning job what's your interest in food like where does that come from and to be fair I've been through 
Spoonful Delight on Instagram, and the pictures are just insanely good, right? Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not the first person with that opinion since you have 20-something thousand followers, so <laughs> it's not a unique opinion. <laughs> but how did that happen? I mean, were you just sitting around one day thinking, I love food, and then you went out and started taking these pictures? I really want to understand how you go from zero to 20-something thousand and what that feels like. Um, Do you know what I mean? Because it's all organic. You know what I mean? It wasn't like mm -hmm. you were out there asking for it. Yeah, it was not really about the followers. It actually... Um, started, I think, around my senior, junior year of high school. I was actually not a huge fan of food, but I was more afraid of it. I had a very disordered relationship with food before um, realizing it was an eating disorder. And so I kind of use um, my blog as a way to like reconnect my love for food. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I think I remember looking at one of your pictures and it said... Like, don't, and I may get this quote wrong a little bit, but it made me really interested, mm -hmm. right? It said, like, don't buy the clothes that fit your, no, don't build a body that fit your clothes, build, buy the clothes that fit your body, something like that, right? Do you want to explain oh, that a yes. little bit more to me? Because I thought that was really cool. And really self-aware, by the way, for somebody who was 19. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess um, during my junior year of high school, um, it was like, Right before that, I went to an eating disorder treatment um, before starting the IB, and I was getting better. And like, um, I was still having a lot of bad disordered eating habits towards my anorexia and orthorexia. Right. As I've started to evolve and like coming towards a more intuitive eating perspective and like a health at every size concept kind of approach to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. My body has changed with that because I'm no longer very like skinny and frail and um, just unhappy. And so it was kind of hard to accept that like my body would change with that. And right. I know a lot of people um, of my followers struggled with body image. So I just wanted to like voice my opinions in that way. Can we talk about this a little bit? Because this is something that's been really important to me. There's an mm -hmm. overriding sense I don't want to say just in the media, but in society as a whole about, you know, body shape and body size. And mm -hmm. it's, it has a really deep impact on people. I know it impacts me, actually, if you watch the way like I worked out and the way I manage the way I eat food. And I stopped drinking two years ago on purpose because I was gaining too much weight. And it was really important for me to like look a certain way. And mm -hmm. it became a little bit overwhelming, actually. So I'm just really curious, like, how you became so self-aware about this. And you can tell by looking at the pictures that you post in Spoonful Delight, like, the food looks like it loves you. Do you know what I mean? The way you take mm -hmm. the pictures is just gorgeous. I don't know. Thank you. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I do think media has um, a big thing to do with it. Like, there's yeah. a real big privilege of, like, um, skinnier means happier and so a lot of people strive for that or this unrealistic visual of health, like the diet industry is making thousands of dollars off of what doesn't actually need to be there. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I just kind of fell into that trap. And after I was there for like four years, miserable, I like couldn't go to any outings with food. Like I was stressed over food, which is probably more unhealthy than just eating the food. Right. Um, you come to that like bottom point where it's just so bad. You're like, I can't deal with this anymore. So you want to turn things around. And I guess that's where it kind of clicked. 
And do you think people get that sense? Because I want to talk about the popularity of your blog, right? And of your Instagram account now. Like, what was that growth like? And do you feel like people could get the sense for like what you were going through necessarily? And just how much you loved what you were doing? Did that come out in the pictures that you were taking and in the blogs that you were writing? Um, I definitely think so. Because um, when so I know sometimes you post the food for how it looks. But I also try to make sure to include something relevant in the caption that might be of that someone could relate to. Um, yeah, I saw that. And a lot of times it's like I would get like a direct message from someone saying like, oh, I'm so glad you're like eating these foods now. Doesn't food freedom feel so good? Like that you can eat a pizza without guilt or like um, just those kind of things. And it makes it more relatable, I guess, or people want they don't just want the food. They want to connect with the person behind the account. And I think that's what's really important to highlight. Did you expect it to get this big? When you started posting pictures and started writing your blog, did you expect to have such a great response? Or if you didn't, what did it feel like when it started happening? I mean, it was firstly never about the numbers. I didn't even know like this kind of community existed. Maybe that was just because I was in Thailand and like I didn't really see these people's posts because of the time zones and I was interacting with different people. But then when I came to the U.S. and then I saw like this was actually a thing, like many people had food blogs. And when brands started reaching out to me, I was like, oh, this can this is a thing. And then so I started connecting with more people and learning from their experience and how they had like made money off of it, even if that was not the um, purpose. And at first when it grew, it was kind of like, oh, like seeing numbers increase can be kind of like addicting and it's mm. like oh I feel loved by all these people even though I don't even know like half of them but then after a while I don't really care about the numbers it's more I want to post to make sure I can help as many people as possible or just one person if it changes their life somehow right so what does that teach you about authenticity particularly as it relates to what happens online. Like, what have you learned about that part of the online community building where authenticity is more important than the raw numbers? Um, I guess it's just with how saturated the Instagram community right now, there's like millions and millions of people posting food. And it's just important to stay true to who you are and what you post. Like, I wouldn't promote a brand that I didn't try or already love or would purchase or recommend to friends. I think that's important because the followers will follow you for you and what you promote. And it's okay if not all, not the entire world follows you. I mean, everyone has different interests and like perspectives on life. So it's just important to cater to those who already follow you than rather try to grow. So are you monetizing your Spoonful Delight Instagram account separate from the work that you're doing for the company in Boston? Yes, it's not stable. Like, it's not like I have like a, con a fixed, um, you know, salary or anything. But there are sponsored posts I do with brands um, that I do get monetary compensation for. And is that exciting for you? Like, does it change the way you get to live every day? And how does that affect the work that you do as well? Mostly from a knowledge perspective for the work that you do is for the company in Boston. I definitely feel more independent because it's this money that I'm earning on myself. So it's yeah. like, oh, I can use this for, you know, whatever, possibly my housing expenses in New York when I graduate. But um, it's kind of exciting. You do have to know how to be professional because you're dealing with actual business people. It's no longer just like 
DMs, like quick, like chats kind of, it's more professional. And like, um, I've had my dad help me write some contracts when I worked with like CVS or um, one that I work with right now, Crunch Organics, just because I didn't really know like the legal side of things. So as he knows a lot about business, I kind of took his knowledge and applied that. And so you actually do sponsored content for just, you mentioned the companies for CVS and for Crunch Organic. Mm -hmm. And they reach out to you? Um, CVS reached out to me. Um, like once with Crunch Organics was kind of like a mutual. We, um, I had been loving their products. And so they decided they wanted to like sponsor some posts where I basically just include their product in a photo or talk about it in a caption and promote it and then obviously get paid for it in return. Right. And what do you see this turning into as you go along in life? In other words, you mentioned you're going to graduate in three years. You're going to get a degree in biochemistry, which mm -hmm. doesn't have much to do necessarily with food. And as I'm saying it, I'm already disagreeing with myself. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but what do you think it turns into over time? So after you graduate, you did mention you want to move to New York to do what do you think? Um, I guess that's hard. Well, I want to go to New York during the summer and California during the winter. Yes, the two that. most expensive why? places. <laughs> tell, me, tell me why. Because I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to live in Thailand mm -hmm. for a part of the year. I want to live in the south of France for part of the year. And I want to live in Japan oh, for wow. part of the year, right? So that's my mm -hmm. goal. But for you, it's interesting, right? Because you've never lived in the United States as you know, mm -hmm. for a long period of time. You're in school in Florida. But you want to live in mm -hmm. New York. What is it about New York that's so fascinating? And what is it about California that's so interesting? And what do you want to do when you're there? I think um, it's kind of like the American dream in a way. Like <laughs> when think? I was in Boston over the summer, I was invited to a ton of like restaurant openings. Um, a lot of companies were asking me to like come visit their space because they wanted to see like how we could work. And like I was just getting all these like event invitations. And here in Florida, I haven't really had those opportunities. I don't know if like the health um, like space that I'm in is maybe just not as popular. The market's just smaller in Florida, right? Yeah. And in California and New York, there's like literally something going on every single day or like <laughs> week and it's just exciting. And I like being in the city and that probably is because I grew up in Thailand. Yeah. I'm Bangkok. just used to like the noise and having like buildings and like a subway to get everywhere. And here's a little too suburban. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the other thing I really wanted to know. Like, what's it like going from Bangkok, which is, you know, vibrant and dynamic and, you know, mm -hmm. has a little bit of its own sort of unique personality to being in Florida, which, to be fair, I haven't been in Florida in 30-something years. Mm -hmm. But what's the, what's the difference in lifestyle like between super, like, dynamic city and maybe smaller town America? I mean, it is beautiful. Like, the campus has a lake and it's just kept very nicely but it's just too slow paced for what I like like I like the busy noises I like going to sleep hearing this honking of like the taxis or the tuk-tuks right yeah so it's it's more slow it feels more like a country club kind of relaxation and I'm okay with that every once in a while but like for my typical lifestyle I prefer like an upbeat busy kind of on the go Got it. So what do you think you do when you graduate? I interrupted you. So you go to New York, you live oh, there for, mm -hmm. what did you say, the summer in New York, winter? I can't remember which way yes, it goes. Yes, summer, because I can't, I can't deal with the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neither, neither can I, by the way. And my family is originally from 
Boston. So you want to talk about、oh, okay. cold? It gets really <laughs> cold there. Yeah, I was glad to have left before like the winter came. So what? So what do you what do you want to do for the summer when you're there? If you had a choice. Okay, so I guess this will tie back into my major, but、um, I'm a biochemistry major, and that's because I was considering being a registered dietitian, and my school doesn't offer nutrition、um, as a major. So I thought biochemistry would be a, like a more overcompassing major in case、right. I wanted to switch my mind. But really, I want to go into business, but I want to do it in the health industry. So I thought it would be good to do business about something I'm educated on, and I can always get my master's in business after I graduate and get some work experience. Right. So do you have a specific job or role lined up, or will you still work for the company in Boston but live in New York? Um, well, the company in Boston, as I'm working with them now, they say they have a job ready for me in the summer、um, if I come back. But I'm not really sure yet. I'm kind of maybe want to venture out and see what other opportunities there are. I promise not to tell them. <laughs> I hope they. I mean, I mean,、It、I love、matter. this I'm kidding. company. I'm and... kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I would love to like continue working with them, but I don't know if I want. I want to maybe try a different summer intern and just be in a different space, so I know like what other options there are. But do you have your own aspirations to turn your existing ability, right, to monetize、mm-hmm. your Instagram account and to monetize your the blog, and just turn that into your own business? Um, I've thought about it, and I've had other Instagram friends who have done so. I mean,、sure. they are older and much bigger. They're like. Hundred thousand followers, but、um, I just I don't see much stability with it with the income, and sometimes that fears me. Like I maybe just want to keep this as a side hustle until I know it can provide me with a stable income. Then I can possibly go full time.、Right. But just for as the moment, I don't see that happening, or like that's just not where I am at this moment. What's your view on having a side hustle that you, do, if you don't focus on it, it's always going to end up being a side hustle. But if you focus on it full time, it ends up being a full time thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good risk. It depends how dedicated you are to it.、Yeah. Um, being in a side hustle, it's going to be hard to draw. Like just being your own boss, you're going to want to do as much as possible, and you'll probably overwork yourself because you want to make sure you know you're doing enough work. Um, so I think it's definitely going to be hard to draw that line between like how much work you need to put in in order to be successful. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I have my own views on what it's like to work for somebody else versus building your own business, and I'm fascinated and also sort of proud of you for the fact that you have this massive opportunity you built for yourself by starting early in life, hustling really hard like this. You know, I always talk about this concept of being an overnight success, right? And I honestly don't think that there's anything like an overnight success, right? If you think about what we talked about earlier, you know, struggling with the food, overcoming that, understanding what it was, using the blog to kind of work through that, along with some of the other things that you were doing, like none of this happened easily. And then there you、mm-hmm. are, you've built this thing, and nobody can take that away, right? It's really ends up being really powerful. If you can then turn that into something even bigger, I don't know. It just sounds like a really large opportunity to me. I mean, it sure is. I've written like my Common App essay on this. I've had this on like my、um, resume, and like gotten a lot of attention. Like I've met 
friends through this. Like when I went to New York for the first time this summer, I stayed with a friend I met over Instagram. I'd never seen her before. So it just brought a lot of opportunities and it's very exciting in that way. And it's almost like that thrill that keeps you coming back. Absolutely. Do you categorize, and I don't know if Instagram allows you to do this or has the tools mm-hmm. to do it, but like, do you have a country breakdown or a city breakdown of where your followers and from like that? Like, does Instagram provide those tools so you know like where your coverage is? Yeah. Um, so if you upgrade to a business account, you can see mm-hmm. it in your analytics. And the majority of my followers are definitely in New York, I think. And then oh, it's wow. L.A., and then I know there's some in Thailand just because that's where like most of my upbringing and my like friends are from. Um, but New York is definitely number one. Wow. That's really interesting. You know, I look at my own analytics, right? And the United States is, mm-hmm. ends up being something like 23% of my listeners are in the U.S., but I have listeners in another 114 countries. Wow. It's like yeah. all over. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If you look at the map, it's kind of all over. And that's why I asked you that question. It motivates me. And that's why I wanted to ask you about it as well. To like keep building on that thing that's so hard to get people's attention. Like you said, the market is saturated no matter how good you are. And that's why I was mm-hmm. curious, like how much time you're going to dedicate to this after you're done. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary even looking at like, I can see, you can see how many phone, like hours you spend on it. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't even want to like see it. Like I think I'm on my phone way too much. I need to find a better balance. Um, but it's also hard because I really enjoy it at the same time, but I also need to live my life. So it's finding that balance. That's <laughs> a little difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of a metaphor for life anyway, is finding a balance in almost everything you do. Right. I mean, everything mm-hmm. in moderation, nothing in excess is something that old people like to say, but you find out later that it's actually true. Do you think that there's a way to build this so that you're not so dependent on just New York? but that you can build it into Asia. I like to look at things from reverse, right? As an American who now lives in Asia and has lived in Asia for 30 years, I see a ton of opportunity here. I wonder what you think about, you know, as someone who was born, raised, and basically grew up in Thailand, do you see any opportunity in the rest of Asia to build this as well? Um, Definitely. One of my goals kind of is to travel as much as possible and just kind of experience different cultures through food. That's why, like, every fall, like, break I'm having during the semester, I'm trying to go to a new place. Like, Thanksgiving, I might go to Seattle. I could go to Asia, but it's a little expensive for just, like, um, a Thanksgiving break. But I think getting the opportunities when I can to travel is definitely in the realm. And do you do face-to-face meetups with people that know you through Instagram and through the Internet? Do you know what I mean? Do you ever try to get like 10 people that follow you in the same place at the same time and just sort of bond with them that way face to face? Yeah, actually, I've done that more times than I can count, especially in Boston. Um, I was going to lunch like every other week with a friend <laughs> that I met on Instagram or um, just like we went to Philadelphia for um, a wellness event. Awesome. And I met up with two girls. We just stayed at an Airbnb. We never met before, but it can be dangerous, but... You know, you kind of know whether or not people are real by how much they dedicate to their accounts. Yeah, and it seems to me like you've you've found yourself, you've fallen on like the super positive side of the internet, right? In other words, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not so binary necessarily, but like there's a bad side and a good side. And you seem to have found yourself on the super good side where like people are really positive. They want to meet you. You want to meet them. And the experiences that you've had have been pretty awesome. And that to me is incredible. Like I love it. 
Yeah, I think Instagram, it's really up to you. I mean, you get to filter and choose who you want to follow. If someone is not serving you, you don't need to follow them. Even if like you're their friends, like they need to understand that this is basically for you. So I don't un- try to follow anybody that would like bring negativity to my life. What do you do for just like fun and relaxation besides food? Because it sounds like you're really mature and really self-aware. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't sound like a kid at all. <laughs> I guess my that's mom a compliment, says the same. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, but that's a real compliment, actually. What do you do for um, fun just to relax? I don't know if it can say like for fun. I do love to exercise or like play sports. I guess that's just like with my dad and upbringing and my brother is huge in sports as well. And back in Thailand, it was much easier to get massages. I saw, I saw it's that. kind of boring like, to say. You like, you like getting a massage, right? <laughs> I miss it a lot. So <laughs> where did you I go mean, to get a where did you go to get a massage in Bangkok? Well, when my mom treated me, we went to Asia Herb Association. Got it. <laughs> but other times we would go to this um, kind of I think like this Chinese place where they do kind of deep tissue massage. So. Was there anything about living in the United States that surprised you? Born and raised in Thailand, born and raised in Bangkok. It's a very sort of interesting place. But when you left and ended up in Florida, I think it would have been true for anywhere in the United States. Like, what was it like adapting to those differences as well? Um, well, I'd come to the U.S. every other summer, so I kind of saw what the American lifestyle was. But I didn't really think it would be as hard adjusting. But you've never lived on your own before, right? No, just that summer in Boston. Right. So I think it's more understanding like the culture and like they're like huge with like sports and back home like people were very into sports, but I guess the culture is very different. I've kind of lived your life in reverse, right? So when I was your age or close enough to it, I left the United States and came here. Mm-hmm. And everything was just completely different. And I was in a way like you, just open-minded and you know, I I never was one of those kids who said, well, this is different, so it must be wrong. I just said, this is different, so maybe it's really interesting. And it sounds like you have the same kind of mindset. But I'm just wondering, like, what it looks like to you. It's very, like, what you would expect America to be. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, as long as you're having sort of an archetypal experience in the United States, that's part of the reason for being there, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. Well, look, that's awesome. I don't want to take up any more of your time. And frankly, I was a little bit late, so I'm sorry. I apologize. No worries. No worries. But it was awesome to talk to you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you.